in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, starting at verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's what Paul has to say about this thorn in the flesh here. I'm not going to preach Paul's specific thorn in the flesh, but with the Lord's help here, I'd like to I'd like to preach for just a little while about what Satan does to try and hinder the people of God. This is just one example of many in the scriptures of, of, of something being done uh, to one of God's people that may try and hinder him just a little bit. Now listen, Paul says here, he says, it was given me a thorn in the flesh was given me. It doesn't specify whether that thorn was of God or whether that thorn was of Satan but it goes on to say that there was a messenger of Satan that came to buffet Paul. He came to he come to bother Paul. He came to get on Paul's nerves in other words. Came to rap against Paul and folks we know that that was undoubtedly Satan that done that. We know that Paul had a thorn in the flesh that got on his nerves. Something that hindered his walk. Whatever it was whether it was a physical ailment that he had, whether it was a mental ailment that he had, we don't know. But we know that he felt like it hindered his work for God and it hindered his walk with God. So thrice he besought the Lord that he would remove this thorn in the flesh and thrice the Lord denied him. And Paul plainly states it here in the scriptures. It was to keep him humble. It was to keep him down to a low estate where Almighty God could use him so that Paul would not feel like he was being exalted above the measure where God wanted him to be. Sometimes when we get hindrances in our life, they may come from Almighty God because the people of God are getting a big head about them. They're getting the attitude of look what I've done. Look where I've been. Look what I've done for God. Look at where I'm going for God. Look at the people I pray for. Look at the songs that I sing. Look at the lessons that I teach. Look how much time I spend in my Bible. God may just slow you down. God may put you flat on your back to humble you down as a good God will do for His children. Hallelujah. That's my God that does that. But sometimes, sometimes it ain't God. Sometimes it's the devil that hinders us. Sometimes it's demons that hinder us. Sometimes it's those little nymphs that knows that every, that every one of them knows that hell's going to be home one day after a while for them. Hey, sometimes it's them that gets on our nerves. Paul had discernment about him. He knew what God had done. He knew that God had put that thorn in his flesh, but he also knew that this messenger that was sent to bump at him was from Satan. Sometimes we need to use better 
discernment in our lives to see who's sending what. Hey, if it's from Satan, I'd call on God to rebuke it. If it's from God, I would praise God that He's injured me. I would praise God that He's done with me because if He does so, it shows I am still His child. Because God chastises His own. God will chasten His own children. He don't mess with the world. Now listen, sometimes God will go out there and he'll wake them up. He'll shake them up. He'll rattle them around the world he will. But he only chastens his own. He only busts the hides and the backsides of those which belong to him. Hey, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. That's why I preach many times over. It shouldn't surprise us that the murder rate's sky high. It shouldn't surprise us about the alcoholism. And it shouldn't surprise us about the drug use because heathens will act like heathens and pagans will do what pagans do. The world has always done what the world does, but the people of God have been separated from the world. They are peculiar people. They are consecrated, segregated from the world to do the service of God. And if we have that kind of ungodliness and that kind of filth in our life, our service to God is all for not. Amen. Amen. Paul here, he understood a couple of things. He knew one was from God. He knew one was from Satan. Satan will try and hinder you. The devils will try and hinder you. The demons will try and hinder you. Too many times, y'all have heard me say it before, Satan and the demons, they don't don't tempt the people of God without right blatant sin. Because we know better. We know better. We know what God will do. How does he tempt us though? How do they tempt us? Through discouragement. They tempt us through depression. They tempt us through sadness. They'll throw different things out there in our way to make us get in our head. And if they can get in our head for one second, if they can make us doubt the presence of God in our life, if they can make us say, oh God, where are you now? If they can do that one second in our lives, that is one second that we have not been praising God. And folks, many seconds will lead up to a minute. And many minutes will lead up to an hour. Before you know it, you'll be doubting God altogether. Amen. Amen. So we stay read up. We stay prayed up. We combat these things with the same thing Jesus Christ did. I talked a while back about the three temptations of Jesus Christ that we find. We find where the Spirit of God drove Jesus into the wilderness. It led Jesus into the wilderness to have what done? To be tempted. To be tempted of Satan. To be tempted of the devil. The Spirit of God led him into the wilderness so that he would be tempted. But every time that Jesus rebuked what was going on, he used the Scripture. He said, it is written. And he would go on to tell them what was written in the Old Testament and Satan would tempt him again. He would say it is written. Hey folks, that tells me the more of this Bible I know, the better my odds are of getting under Satan's own skin when he comes against me. When the demons come. When the demons come. Now listen, you be careful rebuking the demons. You be careful rebuking Satan. Be cautious in doing that. Tell you what. You read over in the little book of Jude, one little, one chapter book right before the book of Revelation. You read where Michael, the archangel of God, he didn't even rebuke Satan. 
He said, the Lord rebuked thee. He said, the Lord rebuked thee. Folks, I'm powerless. I myself, I'm powerless against the forces of darkness. I'm powerless against the prince of the power of the air. I'm powerless against the principalities that rule this world. But with Jesus Christ, I've got all the power I need. With Jesus Christ, hey, that's all that I need. I cannot rebuke anything in and of myself, but I can call upon Almighty God to do it for me. You read over in the book of Daniel, you read where Daniel, hey, he uttered a prayer and Gabriel came and he said, hey, I know from the day that you pray from the day that you soften your heart from you said, the day you started to chastise yourself he said this answer was coming from heaven but the prince of Persia he hindered me getting there the prince of Persia fought against me and Michael came and he helped me to deliver this answer to your prayer Amen. you better believe yeah. you better believe if they were on Daniel they'll be on you too yeah. I ain't saying you're more important than Daniel I ain't saying you're uh, as, as godly or as anything else as Daniel because I know how we put these people these Old Testament prophets up on pedestals sometimes but you better believe they'll be trying to hinder your prayers as well they'll be trying to get in your head as well they'll be trying to get in your heart as well they'll be trying to make you doubt God as well what do you think what do you think those 21 days that, that they were fighting when uh, when Gabriel was trying to get to Daniel or for it was to make Daniel wonder if Almighty God had even heard his prayer but he said your prayer has been heard Daniel your answer's been on the way but hey there was a fight taking place but Almighty God got us through Michael came he helped out and here's the answer to your prayer my God works in the same way for you for me and for everyone hey when I pray to God he hears me through Jesus Christ every time I hit my knees every time I bow my head every time I utter a petition to my God he hears and he will answer hallelujah my God hears me my God hears. Folks, Paul, one of the most holy men you'll read about in Scripture, one of the most consecrated men, yeah. one of the most sanctified men you'll read about in Scripture, even he had a thorn in his flesh. Yeah. Even God, God even had to humble Paul down. Yeah. He had to humble Paul down so that he wouldn't get that big head about himself. So when God does the same thing with you and God does the same thing with me, praise him for it. Praise him for it. Praise him, whatever it is. And folks, I I know that's a whole lot easier said than done. I understand that it's hard to praise God when you're laying in a hospital bed feel like you're about to die. Hey, it's difficult for that to do. It's hard to praise God sometimes if it's a loved one that's laying there and you don't know if they're going to be here with you the next hour or so. It's hard to praise God when you're on the sick bed, when you're on the death bed. It's hard to praise God when you don't know if you're going to have money in the checking account the next day or not. But my God will see us through. My God has promised to be with me always even to the end of the world. Praise God. Why would I doubt it? Why would I doubt it? 
If I know he saved me and he did, praise God. If I know that he saved a filthy, black, wretched sinner such as I am, why do I doubt that he is going to take care of me for the rest of this time when my Bible plainly says that he that he will. He will do so. He'll be with Amen. me. He'll walk with me. He'll be my fortress. He'll be my rock. He'll be my high tower. He'll be my guard. He'll be my front, my back, my side. He'll be my above, my below. My God has got me. I don't doubt that. And he's got all of his children. He's got all of us. <clears throat> Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. It's hard to do. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Yeah. All these negative things. Paul says, I take pleasure in these things. But notice, he adds what kind of thing. Yeah. He says, all these things that happen for Christ's sake, Amen. these are the things I'll take pleasure in. Too many times, churchgoers, Christians, however you want to phrase it, they'll say, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know how I got in this mess. I know I did this. Now listen, y'all probably heard people say that too. I know I done this, and I know that I shouldn't have. But now I'm here in this spot, and I just don't know what God's doing. I don't even know if God hears me. You got yourself in that jam. All right. Hey, the Bible says God will never put more on us than we're able to bear. Right. And whatever he puts on us, he'll make, a, he'll make a door. He'll make a way of escape for us. Does the Bible not say it? In fact, I believe Paul wrote that to the same church that he wrote this letter to. But either way, it says he will not put more on us than we are able to bear. Right. The thing is, we pile stuff on top of ourselves. Oh, yeah. God ain't got nothing to do Amen. with it. God ain't got nothing to do with some of the stuff that we put on ourselves. And yet we'll scream to God, why are you doing this to me when we've done it to ourselves the entire time? Hey, church service is no different. I'll preach the sermon here about that one time when, when Jesus was in the house of Martha and Mary. Hey, excuse me. He was in the house of Martha and Mary. Jesus, uh, Jesus was there, and they were com there was complaining going on. Mary there at the feet of Jesus. Martha whining because Mary wasn't helping. Hey, it wasn't Martha's fault that she wasn't there at the feet of the Savior getting fed by the manna of life. It was Martha. Martha thought she was doing what was right. She thought that her serving Jesus and serving the disciples, and she thought that that's what she needed to be doing. What she needed to do was sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and hear what he had to say. Churches are full of people like that. Lord, I'm there every Sunday. I open the doors an hour before anybody else gets there. Lord, I teach Sunday school. Lord, I, I direct all the Bible schools. Lord, I bake, I bake a dozen cakes every time we have a bake sale. Lord, I do this and I do that. I'm so wore down, Lord. Why are you letting this happen to me? God says, I never asked you to do those things. You're doing those things all on your own. Hey, praise God for the people that come and they unlock the doors for the church. They vacuum the floors. They clean the windows, clean the house, clean the fellowship halls. I thank God for those people. But don't get to whining about doing a work for the Lord. Amen. God likes a cheerful giver. Mm. And that's, that's just another example of that. Yeah. You're giving you time to the service Amen. of the Lord. Giving you time to the service of the Lord. I believe you can flip back to just a chapter or two in 2 Corinthians and read about how God loves a cheerful giver. That's right. But that's right. God loves a cheerful giver. We don't need to whine, but we need to recognize 
when Satan is doing something to us. We need to recognize when God is doing yeah. something to us. And we certainly need to recognize when we are doing something to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Satan will always be there. The demons will always be there trying to hinder our walk, trying to hinder our prayers, trying to get under our skin, trying to get on our nerves. They will always be there. Didn't that, folks, it's been like that from the get-go. I said, I, I, I just told you about Daniel just a few minutes ago, and, and, and his prayer was or the answer to his prayer was hindered. Folks, that was a few hundred years before Jesus Christ was ever born. And, and the de devil was right there hindering that when Jesus Christ was born. Hey, Herod, Herod wanted all the kids in, in, that, in that town killed or in that whole region killed. Why was that? Because Satan was in on the picture. Satan has always been there to destroy Jesus Christ, to destroy the church of God, to destroy the believers, to destroy the testimony of the saints. He has always been there to do that and he always will until Jesus Christ comes and he's cast him into the lake of fire to burn forever. Amen. He'll always be there doing his yeah. job is which is to get on our nerves which is to bother the people of God. Satan so don't bother the folks out in the world. That's right. He's already got them. He's already <laughs> got them. Who does he bother? He bothers those that are born again. He bothers those that are Christians. He bothers those that have already been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. He has no reason to go out here to the prostitutes. He has no reason to go out here to the homosexuals. He has no reason to go out here to the, to the fornicators and to the liars, to the cheaters, to the stealers. He has no reason to go to them because, folks, children of God will not act in those manners. They, he's already got those people out there in the, in the world. Why would he bother him? That might cause him to run on the cross. That might cause him to run to the closest church building, run to the closest preacher, and ask, what must I do to be saved? He leaves those people alone, and he hinders the children of God. And it's always been that way, and it always will be that way. It always will be that way. You read in Revelation chapter 12. You read about a woman. You read about a woman, she's about to give birth. Mm -hmm. There was a dragon right there in front of her, right. waiting on the child to be born, mm -hmm. waiting on him to be born, to devour it as soon as it was born. That was Satan to devour Jesus Christ. That was Satan to devour the church. That was Satan to devour the plan of God as soon as it was born. As soon as it was to enter into the world, the dragon was there waiting to, to destroy it. But folks, hey, that child was preserved. That woman was sent over in the wilderness. God will take care of his he was, she was sent to the wilderness. God took care of her. He provided for her. All, all the while, when all hell is breaking loose around them, she's in the wilderness with God providing for her. Amen. And he does the same thing for his people. He does the same thing for his church. He does the same thing Amen. for the people of God. It's done been quoted once tonight. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging for bread. Amen. Praise God. The people of God will not do without. He'll provide for them. Yes, it might not be a T-bone. It might not be a ribeye. It might not even be a hamburger. It might be a bologna sandwich. Yeah. But either way, God will provide Amen. for his people. He'll provide. Hey, folks, if he didn't, if God didn't provide for me, like this book said that he would, I'd chuck it in the trash. You'd never see me open the doors of this church again. All right. 
but he does. He does, and he will continue to do so. He, he will continue to take care of his own. Paul here, suffering a thorn in the flesh. Whatever that was, we don't know. Not only that, from God, he was suffering a messenger from Satan. He was getting it from both sides. He was getting it from both sides. Had enough discernment about him, though, to understand, hey, this is coming from Almighty God, and this is coming from the enemy. Folks, you have an enemy. You have an adversary. You have a liar. You have a cheater. You have an accuser that constantly stands before God, accusing the brethren. We have an enemy there, but praise God, he is a defeated foe. He's already been defeated by Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ died was placed in the grave and arose the third and appointed morning victorious over death hell and the grave it was forever Satan was defeated regardless of how much he bothers you gets under your skin annoys you or hinders you he is a defeated enemy hallelujah he's done been beat we have nothing to worry about we got nothing to worry about. The Bible says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And all the keys of hell and of death. That's Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.18 where he says that he holds the keys of hell and of death. And no one will ever take them from him. That's my God. That's the one that saved me. That's the one that shed his blood that I could be saved. That's the one that made a way for me when there was no other way. When I was out in the world and I was hopeless, when I was in the dark, when I was stumbling around, unable to see what was causing me to fall, he's the one that came to that dark place, came to that black place. He's the one that picked me up from the mire I was in, placed my feet upon a solid rock, and established my goings. And he's alive forevermore. Yeah. I am his and he is mine. My beloved is mine and I am his. Yeah. Praise God. I'm his. Folks, have discernment. Have discernment. Be sure you know where your hindrances are coming from. That's right. Be sure you know. If it's from God, God's getting your attention. God, God's wanting something from you. He's wanting you to pay attention Amen. to something. Amen. If it's from Satan, he's wanting to draw your attention away. Yeah. He's wanting to draw you away from God. He's wanting to draw you away from the fold. Folks, when them sheep are in the fold, there's no safer place for them to be. I'm talking literal shepherds and literal sheep and literal folds. Right now, when they're in the fold, that shepherd will give his life. Jesus said, I give my life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. He gives his life for the sheep. But there's coming a separation day one day. Matthew chapter 25. Amen. Jesus said, those on the right, the sheep on the right, and the goats will be on the left. So I'm going to yeah. separate them. There's going to be a separation one day. Praise God, I'm a sheep. Yeah. Praise God, I'm going to be on his right. Because those on the left, we're told, depart in everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Depart into everlasting fire, everlasting flames. There's an entire world out there. There are churches right now, and there is doctrine right now that says that hell is not forever, that hell is just a, a, a minuscule moment of time. There's people out there that say that hell is not real, but my Savior said that it was real. He preached about hell more than he did. Heaven. Because he wanted the warning to go out. Amen. There's punishment out there. Mm-hmm. There's punishment <coughs> out there for those that don't believe. There's punishment for the goats. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities, persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. And the final, final words in that particular passage, for when I am weak, I am strong. Folks, that completely goes against the grain of everything that we have as human beings. That goes against your pride. That goes against your self-will. That goes against everything that you know as being a human being. When I am weak, I am strong. But folks, when God makes us weak, whatever infirmity it is that He makes in our way, when He makes us weak, then we're going to be the strongest that we've ever been. Because when He makes us weak, we have to depend on Him that much more. When He makes us weak, we have to depend on his strength. We have to depend on His mercy. Hey, when we, we feel like we're doing it all ourselves, we tend to put God on the back burner. We tend to put Him in the back seat, maybe even in the trunk for just a little while. So God will get our attention sooner or later, one way or another. And when He does, it is to prove just how weak we are and just how strong He is. Amen. My God's strong. Yeah. Amen. My God's not a weakling. Look at what he's done to Peter. Look at what Jesus done to Amen. Peter. Look what he's done to Peter. Uh, up on his pedestal. Oh, yeah. Foot and mouth. No, says, Lord, I won't deny you. Right after Jesus said, every one of you will be offended at me this night. He says, not me, Lord. I won't be offended. He says, Peter, you're going to deny me. Before Amen. the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Before that, and when that happened, what happened to Peter? It says he wept bitterly. Amen. He wept bitterly yeah. when that cock crowed the second time. He wept bitterly. Does that mean that Peter was a sissy? No. It meant that God had done exactly with Peter what needed to be done. He had broken him down. He had got him down to a level where he could use him. Got him down to a level where he could show him some things. I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million and one. If you've never seen that you're a sinner, if you've never seen that you're wretched, you're depraved and you're filthy in the eyes of God, then praise God, you have never been saved. Amen. You've got to see that. Yeah. You've got to see that. And the Holy Ghost will show you that. The Holy Ghost will show you what kind of shape you're in and show you just how depraved you really are. Yeah. Adam and Eve, as perfect as they were, they were still depraved. Mm -hmm. They were still depraved Amen. without God. Yeah. And the sin that entered in and cursed all of mankind is proof of that depravity. Yeah. They needed God. Regardless of how perfect he created them, they still needed God. Mm -hmm. I need God just, just as much now a saved, born-again Christian yeah. as I did 15 years ago before I was saved, 20 years ago before I was saved, 30 years ago before I yeah. was saved. I need him just as much. I need him more now that I'm saved than I did then. But why is that? Because I've got more of a battle on my hands than I did then. I've got these infirmities that God places on me. I've got messengers of Satan that bump at me. I've got demons that whisper in my ear. I need God to help me discern, help me fight. I need God to lead and to help. Hallelujah. Amen. And he will. Amen. He'll do all these things for his own. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Folks, when God makes me weak, he has all intentions of, of making me strong. He ain't going to make me weak and leave me there. No. He will not do that. He didn't save us and then say, okay, you own your own. Shoot, get away. 
No, he saved us. He gave us this wonderful instruction to go by. He gave us He gave us the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God did not save us to just forsake us. God saved us for a purpose. He saved us for his own glory. He saved us for, for his own magnification. He didn't save me because I was a good fellow and I deserved it. He saved me to bring glory to his own name. He saved me to bring glory to the name of Jehovah God yeah. and to uplift the name of Jesus Christ. He saved me that Jesus Christ would not die in vain. That's why he saved me. So when he makes me weak, He's my father. He's got every right to do so. Thank you, He's got every right to do so. But he will not leave me in that state. No. He'll make me stronger. And I'll come back just, and I'll come back stronger than the next time around. Now, it was the first time. Folks, <clears throat> we experience things in this Christian walk, though. That's right. And, and unfortunately, it takes experience sometimes yeah. to realize. It. So it takes experience to build this discernment that I've been talking about. It takes experience yeah. to determine what's sin and what. If it's a messenger from Satan or if it's something from Almighty God, it takes experiences in our lives to, 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 to help and to, to maintain and to, and to help this discernment grow, to help our judgment grow, to help our, our learningness grow it takes discernment to do all these things. It takes experience to do all these things. But praise God, He will not leave us. He will help us. He will guide us. He cares and loves His children. Hallelujah. Amen. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Yeah. Church, don't forget that. Don't forget that. 